Welcome everybody. Process Potables. I don't know what episode it is. I wasn't planning to do this tonight. This is an all vibes episode. I never, ever want to do this by myself, but I, I'm on one right now. Just finished watching Sixers Bucks, and I just have things I have to get off my chest. I have felt so incredibly uninterested in talking about this team, not not for the whole year, but to start off with everything going on with the guy who's not playing and and Bede's knee not looking so great, Tobias being out early and in pro- protocol, a whole bunch of things. It it's been rough. I just don't haven't wanted to talk about it. There's plenty of people that are that want to break down every game, that want to analyze exactly what this team is in is in this exact moment, and I don't see the point in doing that to to my own self harm to not you know not for the greater good here because what's the point in analyzing what last night's team did against the Knicks as far as the expectation for the season. Because that's not the team that's going to be playing in April. That's not the team that should be setting itself up for a playoff run. So you can talk about rotations now. You can talk about the box score against the Knicks with half the guys not playing. Have fun. You're that desperate to create content. You think you're going to go somewhere with it. Good on you. I used to do it too. I, I'm not even you know, trying to talk shit. It's just, it's not interesting to me right now. I'd rather save my energy. But tonight, tonight lit a fire in me. And maybe tomorrow morning it'll have already burned out for the most part. I will I will come back down to earth a little bit. But I didn't have, I never really set an expectation for going into the season. There's too many variables, too much unknown. Last year, I made it a point through the entire season, the whole year, go back and listen. I mean, I assume I don't have many new listeners because I I haven't been doing much and we're not the the popular kids on the block. It's all well and good. But I know there's some loyal people that listen. I appreciate you more than, than you'll ever know. Last year was the first year since we started doing this podcast that most of the year, if not the entire year, I, I kept talking about how I was enjoying the team. I loved watching them. I was having fun. It felt good to do the pods. It was, They were fun to watch, fun to talk about, fun to go and watch the games. The community felt good. Great vibes. Great vibes last year for the most part. Obviously, didn't work out the way we wanted as usual, but I, I really hated the negativity last season. For the, I think it was the most positive outlook that we tried to maintain throughout the season. For this podcast in the history of the pod. In this season, I, I didn't have that same feeling. I didn't know if I could do it again. I didn't want to be negative, but I didn't have this overwhelming desire to, to fight to be positive. To go against the typical Negadelphia kind of thing. And basically tonight led me to my focus for the season. And now I feel... Like, this season has purpose. And it's not because Tyrese Maxey is on his way to becoming a superstar. It's not because Furkan Korkmaz is silencing haters. It's not because the minivan and Andre Drummond are making this bench the best bench the Sixers have had during the process. It's because I fucking hate the Milwaukee Bucks 
and Giannis and Grayson Allen and the NBA referees. And all I want is to make sure that they fail. So I don't even care about the goddamn championship anymore. I just want to beat the Bucs. Knock the Bucs out of whatever you have to do. Fucking injure somebody. Fucking keep them from the playoffs. Knock them out of the playoffs. Whatever it takes. I hate that goddamn team. And Steve has joined me. Bless his heart because I might have had a stroke if, if I kept going at this pace by myself. Steve hasn't even heard half of what I said before this, so it'll be a treat for him as well. But Steve just, I know you didn't even, we, I told you I wasn't going to watch tonight. You said you weren't going to watch tonight. You are a man of your word. I am not. I watched. It was a hell of a game, but you, you probably saved yourself a, a lot of stress, but it was a tremendous sure game. sounds like it, yeah. <laughs> a, lot, a lot better game than last night, in my opinion. A lot of people you know, were fine with last night. I thought last night was, I don't think last night was as close as, People thought it was, and I actually thought that the Knicks played us better than the Bucs did. Granted, the Bucs are mildly shorthanded, but they still had the two best players on the court tonight for sure in Drew and in Giannis. But, dude, I know it's not going to be – it's not even anything new as far as the typical Milwaukee stuff because it's Giannis getting away with so many offensive fouls never getting called for for how physical he is. And the biggest thing to me that's changed this year is there's so much being made of guys like Trey Young and James Harden not being able to get calls anymore for these non-basketball things. And that's not what Giannis does. That's before anybody even jumps the gun here. It's a very different thing, obviously. Those are guys that exaggerate their calls to get to the line. Those are guys that, you know, kind of do non- basketball movements to initiate the contact. But Giannis tonight was playing fucking fullback. He was plowing people. He extended his arm on several drives. He almost, I th- I don't know if Niang is okay. He, he either stepped on his foot or like banged his knee toward the end of the game. He uh, bulldozed Shake Milton at one point, literally knocked him to the floor, and I wasn't sure if he was okay. He, he ended up getting up. It led to a wide-open corner three for probably Bobby Portis, who I swear to God has to staple his eyelids shut to fucking sleep because I don't believe that they can come down all the way naturally because he's got those crazy fucking eyes. And the thing, the thing that drove me the most insane and I should have just turned the goddamn broadcast off. I should have known better. I should have known. Oh, that was a TNT game, right? Yep. It's it's not the fact that they were calling Paul Reed, Patrick Reed. It's not the fact that they called Shake Milton, Shake Middleton. Oh, God. It's not any of those things. It's the fact that they talked to Grayson fucking Allen after the game, and Grayson Allen said... We fought really hard. We were shorthanded. It's been a very difficult stretch for us. I'm fucking sorry. Did you see that you were playing the Delaware Bluecoats tonight? Yeah, seriously. I mean, and and and, and dude, like, I, I mean, if you include Ben Simmons, like, we don't have one starter in the entire, like, that started the game. It is the Bluecoats. Yeah. Danny like, Green played, but played under 30 minutes, didn't start. And Seth, who played last night, was out. Which, I guess, whatever. The, the, the thing is, obviously, like, it's easy to say this, but 
actually watching the game, I truly believe if they had any of Tobias, Joel, Matisse, or even Ben, any one of them, they win this game. They absolutely win this game. And they were up two going into the fourth. And then every single goddamn shot was short. It was the most cliche expected thing you could ever have. They played their hearts out and they just didn't have enough in the tank. They're on a back to back. They played the Knicks last night who even playing our depleted team last night, you know, the Knicks play all their guys too much because it's Tom Thibodeau. Who's a fucking asshole. And I don't, we don't censor this podcast, but I typically, I've already cursed more on this than I've probably cursed on any other pod. And I don't even know probably, what Apple yeah. podcast does about that shit. If this will get taken down, if this is even okay, if DraftKings is going to pull the sponsorship, I'm fucking no. I can't, I can't deal with it. I am so now invested in these guys and the, to, to try to spin it somewhat positively, because that's the thing. I saw a couple people, mostly everybody on Sixers Twitter that I follow because I have eliminated a lot of the noise that I am no longer willing to deal with. A lot of people actually consider this like a moral victory, which whether you believe in it or not, I think if there was ever going to be a time, this was one. A lot of people were not like mad that we lost the game, and I'm not mad we lost the game. No, I'm not mad we lost the game. I am not mad at anybody who suited up tonight for this team. And I'm not mad at basically anybody who didn't, uh, except for one guy. And I'm not I'm not even going to get into that discourse tonight. But everybody who suited up, I'm proud of them. They played so hard. And, dude, if you, like, you know, Milwaukee has the ball with, like, 20 seconds and Crazy Eyes is dribbling it out and all the Sixers are like, no, it's over. And you just see them, like, they're giving each other, like, the weakest low side high fives, like, that you can. And it's just like, dude, they're so tired and they're so disappointed because they played so freaking hard. But, like, they also know that, like, they battled. They battled. They gave it their all. And, like, it's bringing all these guys closer together. And it's so valuable. And they're 8-4. and four. Like, I wouldn't give a shit what their record is at this point because it's way too early. And I guess you could say the same thing about it being good. But everything that's happened already, and they're 8-4... and four, I mean, I, I'm not even going to look at the standings, but I know going into the night, they were still the one seed. And yeah. I don't I don't really care about being the one seed, but the point is is that, like, you're that great. Milwaukee, their fans are online talking all this shit about beating the Sixers. Dude, they went to five and six with this win. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah, go fuck yourself. No, it's funny you bring up the moral victories because that's something that people love to clutch to or fall back on when a team – you know, regardless of where they're at, you know, they get a victory. You know, it's 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 good for the locker room or whatever. And I feel like, you know, maybe recently in the past one or two weeks, people may think that about the Eagles. But, I mean, I think this is one of the exceptions of where, like, you know, this is a true moral victory. Because, like you said, like, these guys fucking battled. They gave it their all. Like, I mean, they, they, they had nothing left in the tank. And... You know, when everyone on the team just starts hitting, you know, shooting shots that just fall that short, like, I mean, like, what else are you supposed to do? But, I mean, like, like these guys are that battle-tested this early in the season. So, I mean, hopefully, you know, that just pays off uh, with dev- dividends in the playoffs. Shout out Lauren Rosen, uh, who works for the Sixers. Uh, she, I just am seeing this quote from Doc Rivers after the game, and 
you know, we, we've criticized Doc for, you know, maybe not saying all the right things at some points, but a uh, very honest and genuine statement on the Sixers' effort tonight. Quote, I don't know if anything surprised me with these guys. They just play hard and try to figure it out. I thought Tyrese was sensational tonight. George gave it everything he had. Um, I saw, I think Kyle Newbeck had it. Um, and I don't have it in front of me because, again, this was meant to be an all-vibes pod and not a uh, a stats pod, which I, I'm, I'm basically ignoring all stats. But I believe Tyrese Maxey has played like 80 minutes in the last two nights and has zero turnovers. So oh my God. I'm pretty sure that even both of us who, again, um, you know, have been Maxey guys, not that, not that anybody isn't, it, it almost seems. And I want to get to that, too. Um, as I try to bring myself down a little bit, but if we were ever concerned about his ability to to be the starting point guard, listen, is he like a pure point guard? No, we obviously know that, but um, clearly he can he can work. Uh, he's only getting better chemistry with everybody, um, and the thing is, is that like he's not ball dominant, so he he's not out of the offense if he doesn't have it. He's not upset if he doesn't have it, but you can just hand it to him and have him do whatever. He's becoming more willing to shoot threes. He's obviously insane with his penetration, and he he just does everything, man. Like he's he's transcending at a pace that even last year I don't think was all that realistic. And I think that we've all been still kind of hedging and trying to be safe because you don't want to set the expectations too high for the kid. But he's doing it himself, like. It is no longer the fans raising his ceiling unfairly. It is now him doing it night in and night out with his play. Did you see? I think they said that on like Saturday or Sunday that they actually had to like tell him like you're not allowed in the gym today. Like they forced him to take a day off. And I think like Danny Green also told him like, dude, like you need to go rest. Like I don't care if you're 21. Yeah. Like, go home and rest. Like it's it's good stuff. It's good vibes. All around, obviously the the COVID stuff with guys like Tobias and Joel is very troublesome. We had talked uh, whenever the hell we did the last pod, which was a while ago, about Embiid needing rest already. So this is obviously not the way you want him to get it, but maybe it's not the worst thing in the world because you figure we're still dealing with the COVID thing, and this is gonna this isn't you know only gonna happen to the Sixers, but maybe if you like you figure Joel's gonna have a knee stint and he's going to have another freak injury stint. And he was also probably going to have a COVID stint. So maybe you kind of like kill two birds with one stone and rest the knee during the COVID stint. Maybe that's actually not the worst thing in the world for him. Yeah, no, the the timing is kind of funny just because, and I'm sure I'm kind of echoing what everyone else is saying as well. But man, it's just like, at, was that the first or second game when he uh, banged his knee? I mean, he just he just hasn't really looked like himself. Like, he's had games where, you know, maybe for a quarter or, or for a certain span, like, he's going off and looking great. But he just, you know, w- when his knee or something's bothering, he just doesn't look like himself. Well, I'll tell you, I actually, like, Saturday, and I, I feel like I saw a decent amount of people say it online, and I agree. Saturday was the first time that I thought he looked pretty good in a while um, yeah. when they beat Chicago again shorthanded and he played 34 minutes and had 30 and 15 and like it actually looked like I feel like that was the first time that I had watched uh, since we were kind of already worried about it and said 
maybe maybe he's kind of past it. And obviously we know he never will be, and he probably wasn't, and maybe he was yeah. just feeling good that day, and it's fine. Um, and it's not even just a numbers thing. He legitimately looked good watching the game. But still with that, you know, maybe it's like, okay, well, he looked good, and now he actually will rest it because clearly he's just been – doing maintenance and, and managing and all that. So I'm, I'm sure the rest can't hurt him. Um, I'm not worried about that at all. So I think that that's good. But, yeah, I'm not going to harp on, on stats or anything. But basically, I, I feel like these two games and obviously the success they had been having before these two games uh, w- was still very good and I was enjoying it. But these two games, watching a, a depleted lineup play as hard and as together as they have has really like given me so much more energy for this season. And I feel like, I feel like I might be back. I feel like I might be back. Yeah. Uh, I hope, I don't know. Um, maybe it's cause I didn't do anything all day and I actually have some energy left for once. But, um, <laughs> and I said at the beginning of this, maybe tomorrow morning I wake up and it's, it's all back to nihilism and, and the world is ending and, uh, I want to die, but right now, man, like I want to go to Milwaukee and start burning buildings down and like smashing windshields and throwing glasses and bars and I don't know, man. I'm ready to fight. You know, it's funny. I, I'm pro- you know showing my age a little bit, or I guess just in the era of basketball we grew up watching. But the thing about Giannis that's just funny is that. You know, people hate it, you know, the superstar calls, right? Like when LeBron's driving to the basket and there's a bullshit foul, but, you know, he's going to get that because he's LeBron. And, you know, the the league has a history of that with all of its stars. But the thing that's Giannis, and I haven't seen this since Shaq. I remember Shaq was so fucking physical that people would yell like, oh, they need to change the rules. This isn't fair. Like, you know, he's going to hurt someone. No one can literally stop him. And that's kind of what's happening with Giannis. But, like, you hate that because there's just throughout the game, there's so many occasions where you're like, are, are they going to call this? Like, like, I mean, it's one thing to be physical and, you know, to take advantage of someone who's not. But to just, like, fucking walk on people's ankles. Dude, I'm and telling you, Steve, he put dude, at least like, three different crazy. sixes on the ground tonight. Yeah, and there was like, never a call. None of them were calls. And then some of the fouls, like, listen, I like he's physical down there. And granted, like watching tonight, there were a lot of times where he was under the rim and they didn't call a foul on a sixer against him. That like I was a little surprised. So as far as that stuff, I, I'll, I'll give them a little bit of credit because I think you could ticky tack him a lot more because of how patient he is under there and how many like moves he does and like guys are like getting physical with him. So like that I get, but it's him in the open floor. It's him going downhill and I'm there's nobody else like LeBron maybe in his prime kind of did these things, but he never was like Giannis has been. This isn't Giannis didn't just start doing this. This has been oh, Giannis this isn't, no. for at least 2 years now since he's become like incredibly confident since he's finally, like, taken that step to, like, the best player in the league, you know, top two player in the league where he realizes he's unstoppable. He's finally come to that realization. But, like, he is hurting people. And, like, I'm sorry. I know, like, the rules are the rules, but there's there's always interpretation of rules. And it's one thing when, like, 6'5", Shake Milton, like, puts his – 
body in the way of downhill Giannis and, and, you know, takes the toll to try and get the call. And you're like, nope, it's Giannis. Sorry. Like, we're just going to yeah. assume that he didn't hit you that hard. It's just that he's big and you're small, so fuck you. And it's not how it works. It's just not how it works. And they'll never get it right. But like I said, I think he put three Sixers on the ground tonight. One of the three times you got to call it. One of the three times. And like I said, like I'm trying to give them credit for not always calling fouls for him, like underneath the rim. Like I would give them the credit had one time they at least gotten it right. But they never got it right. And like especially, you know, Eastern Conference Finals, fine. You let them get away with a little bit more. It's how all sports work. The deeper you go, you let them play yeah. a little more. This is the Sixers' 12th game of the season and half their fucking roster's out. And, like, they can't afford to have anybody else get hurt. No. And, and, the, and, and the refs in the league should know that. Especially they do with, know that. Because you've, yeah, like, you've seen instances of it time and time again throughout history. It's not like I'm, I'm making shit up specific to tonight. Oh, I'm, not, no. I'm not that creative. I'm not that clever. It's not. It's whatever. Here's a message from DraftKings. The NHL season is underway and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection, however they light the lamp, you win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook now, use promo code TBPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, so Steve, the one thing uh, kind of Sixers related that I didn't get to yet. Well, I guess it's all Sixers related. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, man. I'm my head is spinning still. Um, so we actually we we kind of went back to that that Saturday game uh, with the Bulls, which we talked about. And B looking great, but Furk on a 25 that night looked awesome. Continued his hot streak. He played okay last night against the Knicks. Tonight, an absolute clunker against Milwaukee. Granted, the whole team kind of did, especially in the fourth. And they were just kind of chucking to get going. But I know people are going to look at Furkan going two for 18, one of 12 from three, and they're going to be right back on their bullshit. And here's what I want to say. I'm not I'm not doing the Furkan bit tonight. Everybody already knows. I've been relentless with it as of late, uh, as I deserve to be, and as I will never apologize for. But here's what I'm going to say. As important as I think it is for him, for me, to do what I do for him, I think that all made sense. The haters need to do their part too. They can't come, they can't all come around. This is what happens. Like people need to understand their own respective bits and stay in their lane sometimes. So all I'm asking is that the people that were on that side stay on that side, even if it has to be in jest a little bit. You've got to do what you've got to do for the vibes. It's very important. So that's my message to anybody who has has 
come around on Furcon and and I respect you for admitting you were wrong and you were and you are. But I need you to continue to be. This isn't about getting right. This is about the vibes. And that's all I've got. I concur. Great. Okay. <laughs> last thing, not as relevant today, but it's been talked about the last few days, and me and you haven't talked about it yet, actually, at all. The rumors of a Ben Simmons and Jalen Brown deal, or I guess technically just any Ben Simmons to Boston trade. Apparently, they, Boston has kicked the tires on Ben Simmons. It seems like there's no way that the trade can happen unless Jalen Brown's involved to make the contracts work. Uh, obviously, talent-wise, it is the most logical conclusion as well. Whether you think Jalen's better or Ben's better, it doesn't matter. There's there's no other real option. The Celtics aren't trading Tatum, and no one else in that roster is anywhere close to being good enough to consider trading Ben for. And I think that even the most delusional of Celtics fan knows that. So uh, it basically would have to be some version of Ben for Jalen. Uh, what are your thoughts in general? And I guess then we can talk about is straight up enough? Does somebody owe somebody a little bit more? And if so, which one is it? So I think gun to my head, I mean, I think you do the deal because... Now you think the Sixers do, the Celtics do, or both? I think... I don't think the Six, I don't think the Celtics do the deal because, one, I think the Sixers are going to want more. And two, I, I don't think that the Celtics do that trade, at least not right now. Um, because this is, let's see, uh, is it Ime Udoka's first year coach and Brad yes. Stevens' first year as being, you know, the general manager. I mean, I don't know if that's a deal that they pull off right away. Now, maybe like you said earlier, kicking the tires, maybe this is something that they keep discussing because, you know, I mean, who knows what's going to happen? Um, and if this is something that keeps going on and on to the trade deadline, maybe that's when the Celtics strike. But I just, I don't know, man. I have a feeling that this just might be the best deal that you can get. I think uh, it's definitely the best deal you can get. Well, you say you do or you don't. I do. Like as far yeah. as as far as uh, considering that, I'm pretty sure at this point, like Damon Beal is never coming to fruition. Yeah, that's not happening. The uh, the whole you know people throw out names like Zach Levine um, or you know uh, oh, who out in Sacramento. I was about to say Buddy Hield. Um, De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox. Like I just I don't see any of that happening. So I, I mean I think a, a deal involving Jalen Brown, maybe a third team gets involved because Boston doesn't really have any assets. Yeah. To sweeten the pot. So, you know, maybe that happens. But I think this is just, this is probably going to be the best deal that you see. Yeah, I think you, I think we're pretty much on the same page. I do it. Uh, I would have done it last year. I would have done it before the Ben drama even happened, if we're being honest. Yeah. Um, And last year it would have been more because of fit. Now it's obviously because I don't want Ben to ever play here again. Um, But it's still also because of fit. I mean, Jalen Brown's really good. And this isn't this isn't a bit. This isn't a joke. Like I don't think him and Tatum can play together. Like they can play together, but it's it's not going to get you anywhere close to where you want to be. 
because they're too similar, even though they're not that right. similar. Uh, they're both ball dominant. They're both kind of ball stoppers. Neither really facilitates. Tatum's definitely the better shooter. He might be the better scorer overall. He probably is. But Jalen Brown is very good at shooting and scoring. And he's also a good defender when he's engaged, which is also something that, you know, people had questions about Ben. And once he figured it out, became, you know, defensive player of the year kind of guy. Uh, Jalen is not as good a defender as Ben, but nobody is, if we're being honest. Ben is the best defensive player in the league, and I still believe that despite all this bullshit. Um, I think the Sixers would do it straight up. I don't think they would ask for anything else. I don't know how you could at this point with Ben's value. Last year, maybe you would think that they might have to throw in something else. But right now, if Boston said, fine, straight up, we swap them one for one, assuming Ben will show up and play as soon as he's you know cleared and, and physical and all that, I don't think there's any way Maury says no to that because I think it's as good as you're going to get. Honestly, I don't think the Celtics do it, and I'm not even sure I had a good answer for why. You had a much better answer than I would have came up with because you're right. First year of a new head coach, a a pretty highly touted head coach at that, even if it's a young one. And Brad Stevens uh, in his first year really, really in the front office, solely in the front office, even though he was probably very much involved uh, even when he was the coach. But that's kind of, they're kind of in the, like, inverse situation as the Sixers were. The Sixers had Brett, and the last kind of excuse for getting Joel and Ben to work together was, okay, fine, let's get a new coach in here. Yeah. So the the problem with that for the Celtics is that, you know, Brett completely was taken out of the organization. You took the guy who couldn't get those two to play together to get you to a finals. And even when you had, like, third stars and, and other talented rosters around them, and now you put him in the front office, and he's still basically the guy in charge. It's like, I don't think that he's going to look at it and say, all right, well, you know, the co- this coach is going to do better than me. And you're also not going to go get another coach next year, pretty much no matter what happens. So I don't know if you're necessarily going to just sit there and say, all right, well, they need more time because – They've had the time. Yeah. And it's and, kind of, isn't it kind of funny how Boston is kind of in a similar situation it's Philly was? It's disgusting. Like, I mean, their head coach was one of their top guys under Brett Brown, who's in this, like, okay, you're now going to be the guy because these two stars didn't work under the previous coach. So it's make or break now. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely disgusting how intertwined disgusting. we have and will always be with that franchise, despite the fact that we both hate each other. And thankfully, you know, there there are very specific subsections of each fan base that have kind of come together as a result of just how fucking awful and weird our fandoms are and have bridged the gap a little bit. But then you have your J-Pros that, you know, create 500 burner accounts and keep telling us that we have an inferiority complex. Oh, um, God. And those are the type of people that, like, I need Ben Simmons to be a Celtic for because I just need them to eat the last five years of shit and have him on their roster. And I need to see them like, you know, they, that, 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 uh, that crying face behind the angry mask where it's like, well, yeah, for five years I talked shit on, but now he's on my team. So, uh, I'm either going to ignore the last five years or I'm going to act like 
that it never happened or I'm going to, I, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. I feel like they're going to be they're Like their heads might explode. My head would explode if I was a Celtics fan and Ben Simmons came on my team, the shoot a three coward thing, the one point in the mm-hmm. playoff game. And now he's on your team. And with Al Horford and we're going to see offense and Josh Richardson. Both, oh my God. That's right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all through them are going to be posting up uh, around the key. And, for all. and there's been, we, we've talked a lot about, man, like, e- even if it was for the Sixers, we've talked about the, the response to Ben's first game. There would be nothing sweeter than his first game <laughs> back on the floor in Philadelphia wearing a Celtics uniform. There would be oh my God. nothing, nothing better. I, I don't care if it's walk with Lyle. I don't care if it's rich fucking Paul. I don't care if it's Kevin Hart, Allen Iverson. If he steps on that court in a Celtics jersey, it is 180% booze. There is not a single fucking clap. There is not a single ovation. There is no forgiveness. There is no mercy. Dude, it's just just funny because... You know, when these Ben Simmons trade talks, like all the rumors first start swirling, you, you heard a possibility of L.A. or Golden State. And it, the thought of him coming, you know, back to, you know, Wells Fargo one of these days in one of those jerseys, just like, you know, like, ugh. But, like, the Celtic, like, Boston, the, like, like, that is not an image, like, anyone could have ever entertained or thought about before tonight. Like, that's just... Oh my god. It just Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um so ultimately, yeah, I mean I do it. Uh I think Jalen Brown would be fucking awesome here. And I was talking to, you know, a lot of good Sixers Twitter friends about this last night. Like Jalen Brown is a guy that I wanna root for. Like I secretly have already been rooting for. He yes. seems like a good dude. He he's very uh you know, socially active. Uh he's very open about his politics. Um, he doesn't seem like he takes any shit. Um, he doesn't really care about any any backlash. He's going to speak for what is right and what he believes in. And obviously, you can't have enough of those guys. And it's been upsetting to have to root for him secretly while he plays in Boston. Because obviously, I fucking hate that for him and for me and for anybody. But um, like, legitimately, even if he doesn't come here, like, just on the record, like, seems like an awesome dude, and I really like him, and, like, I feel like as much as I hate the Sixers' red jerseys, a, a fucking red Jalen Brown jersey of a Sixers jersey would look so fucking good, and I would immediately buy that shit. Oh, yeah. All right, so uh, I know we didn't plan on doing this, so I won't keep you. I kind of got all my uh, fire out in the beginning, and I am definitely already fading, so it'll be interesting to see. How it comes back to me tomorrow. You didn't really get a, a chance at the top of this to uh, to just kind of s- s- spill your guts or anything. So you got anything for us? You got anything you want to get off your chest there, buddy? Yeah, you know what? With the, um, oh boy. A, a slight co- correction to what you said earlier, like you said fake Furcon fans. like, And I know you want the haters to say haters, but you don't think there there's any converting here? You know, people finally, no conversion? Well, the... That that's kind of that's kind of my point is, I I appreciate anybody who has realized the error of their ways and it's a thing that we all need to do in life. I mean, I I never have and I probably never will. Um, never been wrong. Can't can't relate. But I understand the the, the <laughs> idea of it. I get it. 
my thing is that, you know, everybody has their bits. And even if you have come around, which again, I respect you for, you were wrong, I was right, it's great. The fact that everybody has become so public with it, I think leads to nights like tonight for him. And I'm just saying that if you don't want him to keep going two for 18, then someone's going to have to slander him and you're going to be proven wrong. Understand that. You're going to be proven wrong. Because, like, on Thursday, he's probably going to drop 22. Just saying. Bet it now. Yeah. But somebody's got to talk the shit to get him to drop the 22 on Thursday. I'm worried that if everybody just... it Like, like world peace is a, is a lie. World peace is an illusion. <laughs> the minute there's world peace, there's going to be somebody with... Like, the minute we get rid of all the guns... Somebody's going to have a gun, and it's like, oh, shit, what do we do? He's got a gun, and, and we're fucked. Like, you know? Yeah. You can't bring a knife to a gunfight. So, like, somebody has to be the bad guy. Every story needs a bad guy. For me to be right, somebody has to be wrong, or else what's the point in me being right? So I'm just saying that it's okay for someone to be wrong, not me, but somebody. Somebody to be wrong so that, he doesn't go two for 18 again. Right. If other people okay. want to come around, whatever, uh, you know, we, we can, we can reduce the scale of people that are wrong, but somebody has got to be wrong. You know, there's gotta be a winner and a loser. You know, you can't have happiness without sadness. You can't have right without wrong. Yeah. So that's no, all. You, you need, you need to hate. And I guess one other quick thing is as a fat guy who likes food too much, I think there's a, uh, big missed opportunity on a Sixers part. They they need to have like one or two stands throughout the center with that just sells like uh, like kebabs and Turkish d- delights in the name of Furkan. Um, you know, I mean, they got those Australian meat pies for a fucking guy who doesn't even want to play. So yeah, and the least you could do is get a kebab. Yeah, hell yeah, and a kebab is probably like the best food that like is not in an American like sports stadium but is like a perfect food you know yeah i, agree. I mean meat on a stick is kind of just good everywhere right yeah yeah that yeah. or on the pita yeah so Ooh, yeah i like that too yeah um b-ball paul unreal we saw uh we saw we saw is it i don't know if it's charles Bassey or ba- bassy i don't know how you're supposed to say it. yeah uh, yo i don't know if it's uh i'll try and send you if i can find it but dude he absolutely snubbed Giannis at one point it was fucking phenomenal Oh, um, I saw that highlight. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So there, there were there were a lot of takeaways tonight, man. Like if there's like a two minute condensed game, um, you'll probably get most of it. So I highly encourage watching that. But the uh, two and a half hour roller coaster, no, I think my heart hurts enough for both of us. So, yeah. but again, I don't. I'm not Thank usually you. a moral victory guy, but I think this is a moral victory. Speaking of food, uh, I'm going to Dom's tomorrow. Nice. So, fucking fat daddy, yo, yo, they're having a Sixers watch party there in March. In March. In March. Like like the Sixers like, the Sixers have like a a bar network thing. You know that thing with like Corona that they do. Oh shit! Okay. It's gonna be at Dom's on a Saturday night in March, I think, against the Heat. Oh okay. We might have Got to uh, we might have to find our way uh, in there somehow. Maybe maybe yeah. do a little like pre show or something. I don't know. Oh, there we go. I might be able to pull some strings. I did get that waitress number. Oh hell yeah! Shout out if you're listening, baby. I'll talk so. to you soon. <laughs> All right, thanks for hopping on, dude. Um. Make sure you guys follow us at Process Potables. Use uh, promo code TBPN on DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, 
I'd say follow Steve, but I don't even think he wants anybody to follow him anymore. He's not not doing the social media stuff all that much, right? I don't know. That's up to you. Yeah, I yeah, I try not to be social unless I have to. Yeah, all right. So he doesn't give a fuck. All right. So yeah, at process <laughs> potables for us, which I don't even use that shit either. Uh, at Dan says that on Twitter. I'm finally not private again. So um, for now, we'll see. I go through the stages. So um, thanks for listening, everybody, and trust the podcast.